S and Dutch. Dyslexia audio transmission. Welcome to Disundat, the podcast from the Dyslexia Association of Ireland. This podcast is all about dyslexia. In this episode, we interview Shauna. Shauna is dyslexic and has been very successful with sport and now running her own business. Shauna will talk about the importance of support from her family and will talk about how important determination is, whether it's in school, in sport or in business. Sean is interviewed by myself, Donald Ewing, and Aoife Anderson of the Dyslexia Association of Ireland. The next voice you hear is Aoife. Hello, folks. I hope we're doing all very well this morning. Uh, we're here joined by Shauna Milani. Um, but to start us off, Shauna, you might give a bit of context to our listeners about who you are um, and what you do. So, hi, guys. Uh, I'm Shauna. Um, I am a personal trainer of my own little business here in the UK. Um, and I was a Irish international karate athlete for many years. Um, and yeah, the tackling, tackling dyslexia with all that at the same time. But no, so so yeah, that's kind of really me in a nutshell to be fair so so yeah <laughs> you're very very welcome to the show Shauna um could you tell us a little bit maybe first about when did you find out you were dyslexic was it was yeah. it when you were a youngster or yeah so when I was eight um well to be fair throughout school um up until that point I always struggled with spellings um and I wasn't necessarily behind on my reading or anything like that because I have great parents that were constantly pushing us all the time I had to read they were reading to me all that kind of stuff um but I I do remember one day and I think I was only in senior infant so I wasn't very very old but I did have we were doing they had like do you remember those copy books that you used to have? And they were like an A5, but they'd have this big, massive thing at the top that you could draw a picture on and then the huge lines underneath. And I'd written loads and loads of lines. We were doing like a little story and I had my little illustration at the top and the page just went completely blank. And I was just like, what's, what's happened? Like, where's all my, where's all my stuff gone? Hadn't a clue where it was. Flicked through the book a couple of times, couldn't see it. And then it just appeared again. And like, that was really, really strange. At that point, no one had any clue that I had uh, dyslexia. And then as I was getting into like second class and stuff, my teacher had noticed that the spellings, they weren't bad, but they weren't kind of improving at the same rate as others. And so they sent me for the the test. They well, sent it to mom and dad. Uh, mom and dad were the ones that then booked through the the assessment then with the psychologist and that kind of stuff. And um, the school didn't really have too much to do with it. To be fair, it was really mom and dad that kind of did the did the the main thing. Um, and then we found out I was dyslexic. Um, so so yeah. And from there, then never really had too much support in school I was always very independent and I was kind of like oh I want to do it myself I'll get through it it'll be grand I did have a little bit in primary school um nothing nothing out of the ordinary nothing major a little bit of resource here and there um but because I'm a quite hard worker I'm very very determined they were it didn't really benefit me in too much I kind of didn't like to be excluded from the class um but then that kind of left the 
the teacher in the class and like a little bit of predicament sometimes where they could have maybe given a little bit more help but then couldn't take that away from other students so I do, do understand that as well but um, did find the resource didn't really do much for me when I was in in school but words like roundabout I was just like why am I learning how to spell roundabout when like I can't even like remember a lot of the different letters and isn't that kind of stuff so so it was just mainly spellings for me when I was in school um but when I was about eight that's kind of when the the main focus kind of popped up that there was something not quite quite right in in my little in my little mind <laughs> and do, do you remember finding out uh, or being told that you were dyslexic at, you know, obviously quite young do you remember how you felt at that time yeah I felt like oh god like it, what what is it you know what I mean like what what mm. is this is it like I, at first thing I asked like oh well is this something that can be cured like can it can it go away or whatever and they were like no like you have it with you for life and that's it and I was like okay grand no problem them um to be fair like mom and dad were probably even then harder on me because they were like oh you know you need to really you know try hard you need to really really focus it's not going to come as easy so you have to really really push hard for it so when I was like it didn't really kind of make me feel upset or anything but I didn't necessarily go around telling everyone that I had it in the beginning like I, I think at eight as well I didn't need to kind of thing um but I do remember having to tell some of my primary school teachers even like in the next year when I went up and I was kind of like even then at that age I was a bit like why do I have to tell them that I'm dyslexic should this not kind of be there that they know this information kind of thing Um, and then they would forget sometimes that I am dyslexic if there was like a punctuation because the punctuation for me grammar and that kind of thing I did struggle with big time Um, and if I was reading the comprehension and they asked me to answer a question afterwards if you read the comprehension to me, not a problem, but trying to read that, comprehend it and understand all the words and trying to figure out exactly what each word was saying with them jumbling around the place, then it was just a nightmare. So, so yeah, so yeah, that was kind of, yeah, that was, yeah, that was it really. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. I have a, a number of friends who are dyslexic and they actually say the same thing, Shana, where they remember their journey through school, having to touch base with the teacher to be like, yeah. just so we're on the same page, folks, do you know, you are aware that I'm dyslexic and yeah. it's just mad that the reminder sometimes has to be there. All right. Um, but there was, was there anybody in particular that stood out, you know, in terms of a teacher, a role model that, you know, you felt were supportive in that space or, do you know, anybody um, who stands out in your memory and, and the ways that they, you know, supported you? Uh, I have to say, I just think mom and dad were brilliant. Um, I have to say, I was always very, very lucky with the parents I had. They were absolutely super. Um, I couldn't have only, honestly have asked for anything better. But um, I do think that they were really the main support uh, in my dyslexia throughout primary and secondary school. I think when I went to university, uh, it was it was super. I never was as much supported in my life in terms of being in an academic setting, but I found in primary and secondary school, mom and dad had to be the support because, and this isn't, I'm not dissing the schools I went to in any way, shape or form. I just don't think that they have the most inclusive way of learning in primary and secondary schools for people with dyslexia or different learning uh, disabilities. And so, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say that I had a teacher that really, really stood out to me in primary school. Um, secondary school my art teacher I always found her brilliant I loved art I was really really interested in it and I loved maths and science and all of that kind of stuff as well but I found that she was very um inclusive got the full class involved didn't matter whether you were 
autistic, dyslexic, main, you know, able-bodied, mainstream, whatever it was, you were you were involved in the class and that was it kind of thing. And it almost didn't give anyone any slack because they did have a certain little issue here and there. But I do think the main support throughout my primary and secondary education is definitely mom and dad. And um, I think anyone that would probably know my family would definitely vouch for that. Like we had grinds for everything just to make sure that we were, you know, up there where we needed to be if we didn't you know if we felt like that we couldn't get the support at school that we were definitely getting it from somewhere and understanding everything so we were very fortunate that we could uh that we were in that position to be able to have them but yeah mom and dad were just fantastic yeah. heroes yeah. yeah they were brilliant <laughs> that's fantastic big shout out to mom and dad if yeah. you're listening <laughs> yeah, yeah. can i go back to that classroom and you know that teacher who was kind of getting it right can you, can you say a bit more about what, what was it? Their, was it their attitude? Was it their personality? Was it the way they taught? What, what helped you particularly? Um, I think she wasn't like a regular teacher. She was a bit, um, she was a bit of crack. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you go in and you could just go in and have the crack. And if you were in particular in exam years, um, in even first I did struggle with a little bit of anxiety and that kind of thing. School was definitely not my favorite place then. And I always enjoyed school. I loved being at school. Um, I loved learning. I loved being able to be like, you know, I am dyslexic, but I'm actually quite smart. I can do this. You know, I understand all this kind of stuff. I enjoy the learning. I enjoy absorbing it and all that kind of stuff. Um, but just leaving first, I don't know what happened. I had a, it was a bit of a, a an interesting year to say the least um and she just in that year stood out a little bit to me um and throughout the whole of my school and I I had her from first year all the way up to even first um and I don't know we just clicked there was just I always worked hard I didn't mess around or anything like that and I think that she appreciated that art for me wasn't being taken as a dots class because I do think sometimes like in the school I went into you could you could try out all the different subjects you wanted to in first year um, and I always from the beginning took it seriously I enjoyed what she was teaching us and all that and then like you know some people just aren't interested in it you know and that's fair enough um, but I always went in and worked hard and I think she appreciated that as well and could see that you know, I did have the dyslexia when it came to then our art history then for leaving third cycle. Um, she would go over and sit down beside me, read through everything, made sure I understand everything, would go over and like highlight the sections with me that I needed to understand. Because if you give me a highlighter and a piece of paper, I'll highlight everything. The is an important word for me and everything. It'll be just all, you know, all this lovely luminous yellow colour. And I'm just like, oh, well, then there's no point in using the highlighter. But at that point, then if it was a subject that maybe didn't catch me the same way, it would just be like, oh, look, yeah, sure. That's probably important or that might have a keyword in it there. Sure, I better highlight that. And if I'm highlighting that, I better highlight that. But which she really, really took her time to go through it with me as well. Um, but I did have a grinds teacher um, and she was absolutely super. I think she was almost wasted in secondary education. She should have been a professor. She was absolutely brilliant. Um, and she was so enthusiastic. I actually had her for English. Um, and I was very, very determined that I was going to do higher level uh, English for my leaving first. Wanted to do it. That was it. I was good enough to do it. Um, and I was good enough to get it at like a high C, low B. And I wanted to wanted to achieve that. It was going to take a lot of hard work. But, and it wasn't my favourite subject by any stretch of the imagination. But I knew that I could do it. Um, and she was just 
brilliant again sat through with me went over everything and she that lady and then my art teacher they were like the definitely the little shining lights kind of thing they mm-hmm. they definitely just kind of understood that it's not that you're not smart enough or that you can't do it it's just that you need to learn it in a slightly different way and they really really adapted adapted to that and I will always remember them and appreciate that, them for that because it was it was good I think you've given a really, really good context in terms of your journey through school. Um, And just from reading a piece you wrote from the British Dyslexia Association, you said you were involved in loads of extracurricular pieces, you know, from drama, you leaned into Gaelic. But obviously karate being one of your your biggest passions, but also success stories by which, you know, it's an area that you triumphed in. How did you know that that was your passion um, and especially there might be young people listening you know that lean into loads of you know sports or after school programs and things like that what made you passionate why was you know karate the one for you that you um you explored I uh I could just be myself I just went into the uh into the hall would start training and just completely get engulfed by it you know there isn't really many sessions and especially when I was younger that I can remember because I just enjoyed them so much and was in like in just completely focused and in the zone um and I know I wasn't too bad at it either so that always helps as well you know um but yeah no I, I just loved going training Um, I loved how I kind of could this sounds awful, but almost pick my friends to a certain degree um, and kind of just like go in and be kind of mixed with people that had the common interests that like that I did and that we shared. Um, and I always just, I always really, really enjoyed it. I enjoyed being able to kind of be myself a little bit more um, and not necessarily have to, tr- I obviously have to try hard and train hard and everything like that, but it didn't feel like, like sitting down and reading an English comprehension that I had to like really really focus and try it just kind of flew and just was very very fluid and I was quite athletic I'm only five foot one and a bit so I've always been quite small and quite nippy so I've uh so I, I just I just loved it um you know one thing led to another we got you know I got my black belt all that kind of thing um, and then came came the Irish team so so yeah and I was competing from I think the age of seven or six or something like that and always doing quite well started going away to international competitions started to get spotted with the Irish team um and then and then yeah it just kind of yeah the rest is history I suppose really like in terms of getting onto the squad and stuff and then it just went from strength to strength so you're being very modest which we, we kind yeah. of <laughs> right. but can you tell us for people maybe who don't know too much about your career what was your what was the moment that really was the high point for you or the moment that really was really special? Oh, oh, definitely getting onto the squad. It was brilliant. I was 14 when I got selected for the Irish team. Um, and then from there, then you're you're on the squad and then you have to get selected to represent the team at, at World and European Championships. And they start off then with open competitions. So I think my first open was the British Open, actually. And I came away with... Uh, I think it was two bronze medals and I was thrilled. I was just like, oh my God, look at this. This is class. Can't believe it. This is brilliant. You know, on, on Team Ireland, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I did really, really well at the Belgian Open. And I was told that day that I had got the selection 
um, for the upcoming World Championships. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so cool. I was like, this is amazing. This is all I've wanted. I was delighted, couldn't believe it. Um, because I fought so well that day. They were just like, okay, we'll just tell you here and now you're, you know, you, you have your selection. The wow. selections weren't for like another couple of months at that point. So I was just like, yeah. Well, you know, I had to keep it all under wraps, but um, yeah, but I was thrilled. Um, and yeah, it, it kind of went on from there. I think that's always been kind of the bit that like stood out to me. I, the day I got my Irish taxi, so I was just like, oh my God, look at this. You know, I showed all my friends, brought it down to granny and granddad, got a picture, I was thrilled. Um, and then we went to several junior uh, uh, European and World Championships. And different competitions uh, that were, you know, like open competitions in nationally and internationally. And then um, I turned 18, so I was under 21. Um, and I went to the Worlds in 2017. And I placed before in European Championships. I hadn't placed at a Worlds at this point. And I got 11th. So I was I was thrilled, absolutely wow. delighted. It was probably one of my best performances, um, especially in my junior career. And then I kind of felt like I was building building up into the seniors so I was really really happy um and like actually was that year or no it wasn't my mother's I think it was the year after um I won uh the uh oh, what's the words I'm looking for now um this always happens when I'm in the middle of something I'll go rambling then can't find the words that's a common dyslexia problem for me um <laughs> yeah dyslexia memory um yeah but I won the um the sports awards for the uh for the newspaper at home for the region of Connacht um so so I was delighted with that absolutely thrilled all together um and then the next day after that I went up and I won a, a competition in Dublin and then I was going to the European Championships a few weeks later so it was that that time was really really nice as well it was all kind of bundled into one um but yeah I've had some great times met some fantastic friends um and for any little little winning out there that's listening um I think that sports for people with dyslexia is massively important I think um anything that you have an interest in that might make school that little bit easier to go to or to take your mind off doing maybe a certain piece of homework that you don't like doing or anything like that I think it's brilliant um and what I would always strongly encourage as many people as possible to be involved in sport but especially people with dyslexia I think we have a certain talent when it comes to sport um and out of curricular activities and I just think get yourselves into as many different bits as possible find what suits you um obviously try karate why not you know what I mean uh, but yeah try and get into as many things as possible and find the thing that makes you feel like you rather than going into school and maybe feeling a little bit down and out because you're not sure about certain things or you don't understand maybe all of the English comprehension or you can't do a certain bit of maths because it's gone to Englishy and you can't understand all of the different words in it or understand what the question's asking you. So, and I think if you can find something outside of school, and for me, that was always karate or any of the sports that I did growing up, um, like swimming and all that kind of stuff, I think it's it's brilliant, you know, and if you can get into something like that, it's it's super. And I was very lucky that, uh, that I did and that I could. That's fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah. And you've turned your passion for sport into your career now. You're working as a fitness coach. 
Yes, yes. Well, I had a little bumpy road actually trying to get to this point because I uh, I went, I took a year out after my leaving cert because I hadn't a clue what I wanted to do. Uh, and I really focused on training and competing and getting that kind of side of things nailed back down again after a very turbulent year because I had a few operations and stuff in that year as well. So training and everything was a little bit off. So I wanted to get my head back into that focus figure out exactly what I wanted to do still hadn't a clue and sure look I went to DCU to do economics politics and law <laughs> loved loved law um and I think if I'd done pure law that's probably what I would have ended up doing now I absolutely loved it never proofread an essay but I always managed to get first or high two ones so I was delighted economics and politics not so good but look at there you go um it didn't enjoy those that much I found them a little bit airy fairy I preferred law where you have the law and you have to interpret different bits and stuff and I really really enjoyed that um but I I dropped out after my first year um and I went into the NCEF to do um the higher certificate in exercise and health fitness um and it's a University of Limerick accredited course um and it was being ran in DIT actually so I was still in Dublin training because that's where I wanted to be and I was a little bit stubborn as well and where I did go to university because that's where uh, the national coach was who I wanted to train with and um, so it made sense for me to be there training away instead of having to go to somewhere else to train maybe not train with someone that I wanted to train with and then have to make yeah. a journey up and down all the time so um did that course um and it does it did have the the potential to go on and get your your honors degree out of it um but I was doing that anyway and lockdown decided to hit and I had to be a little romance on the scene and he was in the UK so I came over for a visit no better reason no better look reason look it look it look it you know love has their ways and all that kind of stuff but um I came over to the UK for St Patrick's Day for a little visit um and lockdown was looming so I didn't we didn't know what the crack was whether we'd be able to fly over and back because obviously I was I'm Irish and he's English so, um, you know, flying was kind of the only way that we'd be able to see each other. So we made the decision that I'd wait um, and I finished off my, you know, my uh, high certificate um, for my personal training. And I have now my own little business since the since May of this year. So, yeah, Simply Fit by Shauna, in case you want to give it a follower. And think, you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I'm flat out busy with that at the minute as well. My partner, actually, he, uh, he used to do karate as well. So he represented England um, and he has his own little karate club now as well. So I help him out there, coach there as well. So it's kind of bringing everything back in full circle again. But yeah, so um, the whole thing that I wanted to try and achieve is to be able to have my own little thing, be able to show show people that, yes, I'm dyslexic and proud. Um, and, you know, you can run a successful business and be very, and I do all of my own posts on social media. And yeah, there's spelling mistakes in there quite often and probably the comma in the wrong place, but I don't really care, to be honest. Um, and I do them for my uh, partner's karate club as well, have all the posts up there too. Um, and do actually a lot of stuff with emails and words and and different things that you wouldn't I suppose usually put dyslexia and that kind of thing together um but I kind of wanted to, to prove to not not only myself but other people out there that maybe thought that oh look at Shauna Shauna isn't up too much or Shauna won't be able to do that or whatever and I think you know what <laughs> I'm quite a determined ter- determined lady so we'll uh I've given it a go and it's going quite well so six months in business now and I'm uh I'm not doing too bad thank god Sounds fantastic. Yeah. And you've used the word determined a lot in our conversation so far. 
about school, about obviously um, high performance sport and about now running your own business. Do you think you were born like that or do you think your determination came from somewhere else? No, I was definitely, I'm, I'm headstrong, determined, and mum and dad would often say very, very stubborn. Um, yeah, no, I, I know what I want and I know what I'll achieve and I'll go out and get it. And I do think that sometimes if you don't have that quality, whether you have, whether you're able-bodied mainstream, whatever it is, or whether you do have a little bit of a, of something that just isn't quite right, then you will make life harder for yourself if you're not going to be willing to put in the hard work and go out and get it. And if you don't put in the hard work, no one else is going to do it. So I've always been very much that if I want something, I'll get it. And and that's it kind of thing, you know. Um, and I've always just been very, yeah, just very, very determined um, from when I was small all the way through, throughout Um my life um but yeah mom and dad might argue it's a little bit more stubborn than anything else and potentially <laughs> a bit headstrong but look at you know we're st- stubborn determined yeah, to go and go into the, under the same show. umbrella yeah. yeah exactly exactly just in relation to you were saying there about your work and i think as somebody who has spaghetti for arms I mean I can't even begin to comprehend you know your dedication your work ethic um and now being in the position of you know a coach a trainer you know uh, a role model for so many young people um what do you know what helps you in your mindset with that you know in that position by which you know you're supporting so many people within your own work um I I always just just try my best that's all really um I I did try and make sure that I can help as many people as physically possible I did try and make sure that I help myself because if I don't I'm not going to be able to help you know as many people as I would like to help um and I've always said when I you know with my own little business that I wanted fitness and everything to be simple achievable um and for it to be more than helpful for everyone because everyone can can get to us and, and really kind of everyone can do it it's just about a matter of getting down and doing it kind of thing um and then you know even with my partner's crossy club it, it you know just being just being a female coach out there doing something that little bit different because you don't often see it in sports uh clubs even at home with GAA and stuff we don't see that many female coaches and I think it's important mm. that uh you know laddings and girlings both see that you know you can be instructed by a female coach and 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 all that kind of stuff so I do all I've always strived to try and be as helpful as possible and try not just think of myself try and think of other people as well and and just yeah just try and uh just try and be helpful like even when I was competing I'd always try and help everyone else warm up and that kind of stuff um you know in university I wouldn't you know I always tried and helped people understand something a little bit better if they needed to you know if they if they just weren't getting this and I could then I didn't mind ever offering that little bit of help so I've always just tried to be I think that's just who I am though I, I've always just tried to be that little bit helpful and I just think if you if you're nice to someone um you know it's it's a good thing to be to be nice than to be nasty so yeah and I think by helping someone that's that's always a nice thing to do it's a good mix for a fitness coach, I think. Someone because if you told me to jump higher, I'd probably jump higher. But at the same time, you've got that empathetic sort of streak where you really you can walk in other people's shoes because you understand that that there may be difference there. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, that someone just doesn't pick it up as easy as others. And I, yeah, I think being dyslexic does give you that kind of like little, uh, you know, like even like a little word that someone might say to you that really, really annoys you um, about being dyslexic. I would never say that, you know, anything crude or mean to anyone that, you know, maybe is slightly overweight and just something sparks them off or whatever it is. Because the way you talk to people can just kind of, that can be, you know, whatever about a good first impression. If you, if you if you say something to them that just fires them off, then, you know, you've kind of wrecked your own good first impression of yourself and then whatever. So just having that kind of thoughtfulness when you're when you're working with people is is super important, whether that's in fitness or whether it's in school um, or whatever, whatever your role is in the world, just kind of yeah. always have that little empathetic, empathetic uh, mindset and it, it always does you well. of um you know we would have conversations with my people in the info team you on the phone and emails but it, when we're looking at dyslexia and the language around it like there can be many you know, trigger words or, or words that people find insensitive or even hurtful is there anything that comes to mind that you know sets you off and I mean I would not want to be on the wrong side of Shauna by any means <laughs> because it would be a dangerous space but is there anything do you know that comes to your mind yeah they're uh stupid that's the one that really really riles me up and it mm. actually really makes me upset um and it could be even just in the heat of a conversation or like oh don't be so stupid and I I will just get a little bit in I will just get upset I'd be like I'm not stupid what do you mean mm. I'm not stupid you know and go proper defensive with this um and always have been have been like that um or pick that's uh, yeah. that was another one. Hated, hated that one. Hated it. Um, but they'd be the two words for me that would really, really, um, really, really get me. Not even annoyed, just, just upset, just really like I'm not that. I'm not that. And then like you mm. know, I'd be like to, I'd be like to whoever, but like, I'm not stupid or I'm not thick and I'm not. And and they'd be like, yeah. no, no, you're not, Shona. It wasn't meant in any way, shape, or form. Like, okay, fine, but but I'm not that. I'm not that. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it used to really, really, uh, used to really, really bug me. I'm trying to get better at it, not bugging me now, but it can, it still does kind of like a little bit in like about oh god, you know, that's the. Uh, that's not that's not a nice word and that's not something that I ever would associate myself being kind of thing mm. Mm. yeah it, it's like a, a respect you have towards yourself that it sounds as though you you've had for you know as you grew up and that that understanding that it it hit something you know and that you were able to to bounce back off it and say actually um yeah. you know and I think it would teach many people who have used that word uh, you know with you to you know call them out um for yeah. that yeah. yeah yeah no definitely definitely and I have to say one thing that always used to bother me um, as well you'd hear jokes or whatever and be like oh don't be so dyslexic and you'd be just like hold on a second what do you mean by that like you know or if they're having like a like a I don't know a bit of a, a silly moment where their mind's gone blank whatever oh don't be dyslexic and I'm just like hold on a second like you know and people you know, some people would know that I would be dyslexic and they'd say it and then others wouldn't. And I was just like, you don't know who is and who isn't. Like that person could mm-hmm. be. And 
that could really, really get to them. Or you just don't know who else is listening, like myself, who is. You know, I'm like, well, actually, hold on now a second. You're just being, a, you know, a bit, a bit annoying or whatever it is. But like, yeah, that one used to really, 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 really get me, get me annoyed because I'd be just like, you know, cop on to yourselves you know what I mean like there's nothing wrong with it in any way shape or form and to almost use it as like oh you know don't be stupid kind of thing or don't be dumb or what are you doing or um you know don't be silly but oh don't be dyslexic or you know you're having a dyslexic moment I'm just like you know like that one that one used to that one used to get my ghost up (laughs) big time (laughs) yeah Shona can I ask do you have a preference um because we have we're often asked this by by in a, in a well-meaning sense, do you, would you prefer to be described as someone with dyslexia or a dyslexic person? Do you have a preference about that? Um, I, do, I don't mind either, to be honest with you. I think I'm both, you know what I mean? I'm a person with dyslexia, but I prefer to be almost like, well, I'm dyslexic. If I was ever saying to anyone like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I'm dyslexic, um, you know, I wouldn't everyone, you know, I, I don't think really it makes that much difference I can understand maybe why people would say it in different contexts but I don't think it's ever really bugged me you know what I mean ever really kind of got into my head like that oh yeah well look I have dyslexia or I am dyslexic it it doesn't really ever um because I've kind of just that's what I am and that's what I have kind of thing so but I think if you were a little bit in maybe self-conscious about it you might be like oh well I have dyslexia rather than like yeah no I'm dyslexic kind of thing Mm -hmm. so yeah just some sensitivity around it and maybe go with what people prefer yeah definitely I think if if someone asks if someone tells you that they have dyslexia I think appreciate that now I don't think make a big deal out of it because there isn't really anything to make a big deal out of but if someone is struggling with um a form like forms for me um like bank forms and stuff like that I think that sometimes they're just made overly complicated where they just don't need to be and um, so I'll get my partner to help me or read it out for me or just even calm me down and let me say whatever I think it is and he'll break it down or whatever it is and it's just silly things where you look at it and they could have like three ands or three does in the in the sentence and you're just like hold on a second what what's going on with this what are they actually at no wait they're just asking my name <laughs> you know it's like it's really really silly stuff where it's it's or on a doctor's form so when I'm going into the doctors or the hospital or something like that um or any kind of form of form I have to really really break it down and pick out the the little bits in it that I actually okay well this is what they want me to answer now or this is what they're asking me for and there's been many times where I've just completely skipped a section because I haven't I've focused that hard on the first section that I've just missed the, the next two and then randomly they're like oh you didn't fill in this I'm like oh sorry <laughs> you know so yeah <laughs> That's it's interesting, and, and obviously reading law for that year. How did you find reading legislation? And oh, I loved it. It was brilliant. That, that it was absolutely brilliant as well, isn't it? And very yeah, it was, yeah. It was, do you know what though? I absolutely loved it. I think as well because I am a little bit determined. Well, a little bit. I am quite determined, and argumentative, and very. I stand for what I think is right. Kind of thing. I think I just mm. flew through it because whatever I agreed with um I could see it 
staring at me in the face because I was just like well that's it you know what I mean yeah. like, and I would argue with someone till the cows come home and you could probably <laughs> ask my boyfriend if he said the sky was blue I could probably argue with him that it's green but <laughs> um but yeah I've always been the same I'll always I'll always defend myself to the very very mm. <laughs> to the very very end anyway but yeah no I, I loved loved law I thought it was brilliant and I don't think as well when you're in school and if you do have dyslexia and stuff like that, you're often pushed in the way of something to do with your hands or something like an apprenticeship or something like, mm. you know, art or wood making or something like that. And like when you can do the the more office based jobs, it's not it's not difficult. You just have to find the ways that suit you how to do that a little bit better. And I do think that schools could probably get a little bit better at doing um a career guidance and stuff like that because I know our school wasn't fantastic at it it was kind of like oh well what do you like no well then you should probably do something around that you know do, you know what I mean kind of go with that you know but you're looking at the grand um where it could be you know well oh, and you've dyslexic so or your dyslexia so um you know maybe you need to think about something a little bit different you know a little bit outside the box the amount of times that I was said to be in school I was just like have you seen my last test I'm grand I can do this I just need to learn you know do it a little bit differently so I think that schools themselves would definitely think of a few different ways of how they could support people with dyslexia um in terms of picking their careers going forward and and having really high expectations intellectually Mm. as well because yeah you don't have a thinking problem right you don't have a no you just you just have problems with grammar and and punctuation and and like I have to say in university they were oh my god extremely supportive like you know I could have written the alphabet backwards and as long as they could understand the gist of what I was saying I was getting my marks for it um you know and even in like you know I know some of the people that uh did I don't know French or something like that in um when I was in DCU and they they were making grammatical mistakes and you know in a language when you're doing that university it's not you know that's not ideal you know what I mean but they were there was plenty of support there for those people as well they were still getting their marks fairly so their secondary school I think definitely could could go more along the lines of the support from a third level institute because I actually think it'd probably be easier to input that into a secondary school thing um, and make the leaving service easier for people like by offering them yellow paper instead of just giving them white um, yeah. you know by even having little classes instead of you know what was this when I was there SDHE and stuff like that so instead of having classes like that have classes and actually like what you need to highlight and stuff like that and if there's different bits like that I think it'd be far better and, and especially even people that are you know are mainstream that don't have any of these issues I think that they would probably benefit from classes where well this is what this question means when they ask you at the beginning of it whatever or this is what this paragraph wants from and you need to highlight these keywords and, and stuff yeah. like that but I do think that third level uh, support is is definitely is is just fantastic it's brilliant yeah yeah I think it gives a really, just from what you're saying there in terms of, you know, the strategies and supports being something that from a third level space being, you know, introduced and that mindset um, into a secondary school space. I think it very much reflects your ethos and the game plan, Shauna, by which you're like, (laughs) let's just be tactical here. Let's, you know, use what we can and make the best of it um, and allow people to work to their strengths as well, which is amazing. Um, 
Well, there's a yeah. senior cycle reform process going at the moment, going on at the moment, Shauna. So, mm. uh, yeah, it can be a great advocate around that and thinking Donald. about how we make that a bit more. Yeah, <laughs> she'll be on a flight over now and she'll be outside the doll. <laughs> oh, look, at, when I'm Taking home at Christmas, on. I'll be like, look at lads, I'm here now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? We're just yeah, trying to yeah. headhunt you as an ambassador for Dyslexia Ireland, that's all. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. well, look, at, hit me up, I don't mind. I'm definitely more than happy to do anything like that. Definitely spread the word. And if you can offer yeah. some private uh, personal training in the meantime, I probably need a bit of help with that too. Oh, amen. Look, at, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about mates rates now, brother. <laughs> do I have to get out of bed early this is the only thing i'm worried about okay it's completely personal to you we'll do whatever <laughs> listen shauna that's been absolutely fantastic thank you for giving up your valuable time to talk to us uh, today thank that's you so really so much so yeah. useful great insights and, and great inspiration as well yeah yeah thank you very much i really really enjoyed it and it was nice to talk all things dys- dyslexia and uh, hopefully we can put the words to write a bit as well so it'll be great absolutely thanks a million okay.